Hey everybody and welcome back today to another edition of the BA Sales Kennel Kelp Holistic Healing Hour. And welcome one and all. I'm still your host and moderator, at least so far, Grandpa Bill. Thanks for joining me each and every day. Invited audience, we're <clears throat> applicable by the time you hear this after post-production. Ubiquitous audience, one and all, however you got here, thank you, one and all. First of all, please continue to do so. We grow exponentially with your help. So what we decided to do, I just talked to Allison G, a little inside joke. She was gracious enough to help me out on that. She's going to identify herself here in just a moment. <laughs> and what we went through a little bit just for her busy schedule and hectic world and bringing her up to speed a little tiny bit that we did the prelude show and what I went through and the questions and I loved all of it. So we're ready to rock and roll. So I'm going to call up her bio and you guys aren't lucky enough to know this. I'm off camera to myself. You guys still have to see me. So here we go. So again, Allison G is indeed a licensed therapist on a mission to help people break free from shame and limiting beliefs so they can find their way to relentlessness, bold, capitalized for a reason, relentlessness, <laughs> and radical, she'll expand upon that in a second, radical self-love and empowerment, connect with other personal uniqueness, and realign with their authentic divinity and greatness purpose. So welcome, Allison G, and welcome one and all for having and being here. And we're going to let Allison take it away. Thanks, Allison. And please tell us all about Allison and welcome. And thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Um, yeah. So as my bio says, so I'm a licensed therapist. I work um, in New Jersey. Um, I am now in the post-COVID world of exclusively offering virtual therapy only, um, which has been, a you know, not only a huge uh, change for me personally, but just the industry at large, right? It's pretty, you know, one of the benefits that you know, COVID gave us, if there are any at all, is, you know, we have sort of shifted our whole structure and, and you know, all sorts of jobs are moving remote and mine is one of them. Um, so yeah, I am a specialized, my specialties are trauma and anxiety primarily, um, but I used to work in the forensic field. So um, I got a jump on my career working with people who were incarcerated. Um, I, interestingly, I actually worked in solitary confinement. So I was a mental health professional inside of solitary confinement um, in Rikers Island in New York. And I am now in private practice and I specialize, as I said, in trauma and anxiety. So the people that come to me are, um, you know, usually people that are working through healing, right? And building their self-confidence. Um, they have, you know, usually pretty terrible self-talk. Um, so I spend a lot of time talking about self-talk and getting people to shift from saying really cruel, mean things to themselves to, to, dialogue and narratives that are just more empowering and nicer. Um, yeah. So, and then a, a kind of like a subdivision of that is um, I try to see as many people as I can who are not always like, don't always have accessible treatment. So I see a lot of people in more marginalized communities. So um, I see a ton of clients from the queer community, the LGBT plus UIA plus communities. I see um, some clients who are in open relationships in their marriages. So not only do I see trauma clients and, and people coming that are trying to get over their anxiety, but I also see, you know, kind of a little more untraditional lifestyles, um, especially when we're talking about like open relationships and things like that, because I do spend a lot of time talking about sex and intimacy as well. So that's kind of just a very cliff notes 
you know, version of, of my career. Um, but yeah, that's my passion is just trying to make people feel good about themselves. Right. I'm, I'm sorry. And refresh my memory. You just, you just told us how long ago and for how long was like the Riker duration of time that you were doing it? Yeah. So, um, I went to school, I went to NYU and I got a, um, undergrad and then I went to grad school at a school called John Jay, which is particular for forensics, right? So, and actually at the time when I went was the only program right. in the country. Now, because of the popularity on like criminal justice shows, there's actually many more programs. Right. Uh, but when I went for John Jay, I wrote my, my thesis. I wrote a thesis with the FBI. And then um, when I graduated college, I took a job becoming a private investigator and my career wow. kind of moved away from wow. clinical work to more like investigative work. I'm, sorry, I, the, I'm, I'm so sorry for interrupting. Yeah. In, in the Jersey, New York area as a private investigator? That, that must have kept you hopping. Continue, continue, continue. continue. It, it, it kept me quite hopping. I'll bet. Uh, but the, you know, the kind of what I came up against, which is what a lot of my clients come up against, right. is it really just like, it wasn't the right fit for me. I, I was good at it. I worked up the corporate ladder, but I found myself constantly volunteering, right. uh, you know, in hospitals in mental health clinics. Um, and, um, so I decided I really just was, you know, right job, wrong amount of money, right? Like I wanted to get paid for the thing that I loved and really quit the thing that I was getting paid for that I didn't love. Right. So, um, when I had this big epiphany, I was, uh, in my thirties already and I decided to go back to clinical, um, you know, clinical work. And my, uh, my, my degree that I had gotten no longer qualified me for a license. Okay. Uh, so I went back to school in like my mid thirties at John Jay, and I had to complete an externship. And so I decided if I was going back to school now for my fourth degree, and I was in my mid thirties, I, you know, you have to take it on a free internship, um, you know, work for free again for 600 hours. Uh, that I was going to like go for broke. So I really had always been interested in working at Rikers and um, understanding I, all of my career had been with survivors of yeah. crimes, right? So I had, you know, worked extensively with people who um, were in domestic violent partnerships, right? Surviving that. And I worked in an emergency room for a long time, uh, for a while as a um, sexual assault counselor in an emergency room. So I was really interested in seeing like, okay, I know how to counsel and treat someone who's just experienced a traumatic event and survived it, but I don't know what it's like to go the other way and talk to someone who might've committed a crime. And um, so when I showed up at John Jay, I knew that they had previously done an externship at Rakers Island right. and I asked to be placed there and learned that they were no longer accepting applicants um, and that they had closed the program, except I had been a private investigator for the last eight years. So I did not take no for an answer. And I found my, found the email. I dug deep on the interwebs and I found the person who previously ran the program, the head of the awesome. program. And I was able to contact her and say like, would you be willing to be, you know, reconsider this? Um, and just, you know, I understand why you're not taking interns in, you know, this really complicated system. But, you know, I, I'm older, I already have a master's degree, I have a bunch of clinical experience, would you reconsider? And, she, you know, she said yes. So um, I started, I did an internship, which ended up being about 800 hours. I stayed longer, even though I had finished right. it. Um, 
at Rikers. And um, because I had this one-to-one connection with the woman who ran the program, she decided to place me. Um, And the placement that she placed me in was basically inside of Rikers Island, um, which is a famous jail in New York City. Oh, yes. You know, the people that are in Rikers Island, you really will only be there if you are awaiting your trial or you've been sentenced for less than one year. And um, but what happens, unfortunately, is when someone gets arrested, they go to Rikers. Crazy things happen inside of Rikers and they can get another case added. So oftentimes people, even though they're only supposed to be there for a year, they can stay there for an extended period of time. Right. Um, And there was a pilot program that was starting when I got my internship. And it was basically people who had been having a lot of problems inside of Rikers. They would often end up at solitary confinement. And it was just like, okay, I mean, solitary confinement is a terrible place to be, right? Obviously, I think we can probably guess that. So the the concept around the unit was like, well, if these people are already stuck inside anyway, like what would happen if we could use some of that time to talk to mental health professionals, if we could talk to, you know, substance use specialists, things like that. Right. Um, so I started working on a program um, inside of solitary confinement where uh, one to three hours a week, they'd get to see me one-on-one. And then every single day they would have the opportunity to come out for group therapy. Um, And interestingly in that program, uh, which was just a few, so this was a few years ago. It was maybe like six, so I think I was there 15, 16. Um, You know, there's a huge motivation for someone to come out and (laughs) talk to me um i'd have to bribe them a little bit i used to let them watch jerry springer oh yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I think, hey that would do the trick right you know it it got me that experience you know certainly trained me as a clinician uh i picked up a bunch of skills i maybe hadn't had before you know, like de-escalation skills um but it, it got me really familiar even more with trauma. Did, did that did that indeed break the proverbial wall, if you will, no, no pun intended, to, to to get the recipient response at a quicker pace, if you will? Yes. Oh, it great. Did. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. So I mean it was, you know, it it was liberating and terrifying. Oh and, that. You know, it was a really, really unique experience. Um, ultimately, I actually would have stayed. So I, when my externship was over, right, uh, I was offered a job. And I, um, at the time, I was actually taking on another project. I flew to Sri Lanka, um, a country kind of by India. Um, and I worked with the National Institute of Mental Health in Sri Lanka, wow. helping wow. them do um, some crisis work. So mm-hmm. I had a pause in between leaving Rikers and starting Sri Lanka. So I couldn't immediately transfer. Um, right. And when I turned back to the States a few months later, the, you know, honestly, it was a bunch of bureaucratic crap. So So I came back to America and they couldn't place me in the unit that I had been in. Um, right. And, you know, for me, I don't know that anyone can have like a good experience working at Rakers. It's a really chaotic place right Um, but i was very fortunate in so much as um, i got along really well with like the officers i got along really well with my supervisor um i knew the the unit and i knew the procedures and so i didn't want to and 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 did they try to not so much monitor it security wise but like proportionate women to men or you it was men to women 
Yeah, mine was men only. So oh, okay, the, there you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The units yeah. are designated yeah. by sex. Um, Different perspective on things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I was with all women. I, I mean, all men. I was in an all men, all male. Wow. Unit. And could um, that and could that number have a maximum, if you will, of audience? Yeah. Or, My unit. I don't remember how many they had, but I would say about thirty people. Right. So there that's was a about. Lot. That's a lot. Know, that, that's a lot. Cells. Yeah, that's, that's their own, their yeah. own uh, cells. Yeah. And so, again, I was lucky, quote unquote, where the unit I was working in was like air conditioned, right? Some of the units in, in I was gonna, I was honestly, God, not so much air conditioned, but I was going to say, how about the amenities in the prison? Right. You know, how yeah. you will, if not you will. Not great, right? Like, we're not right. talking about five stars. It's, right. it's a dirty right. place. It's, right. But I was lucky where if they had, if I had returned, they, they could have placed me anywhere. Uh, just. And, just, just no matter how good or bad you are, and you're excellent. You know, yeah. you're just the you know, you're gonna perspire just because. And yes. if it's and if it's like ninety eight in the shade or whatever, so yeah, there is some advantages too. So good for you. Thank you had you. angels with you too. You had angels with you too. Something Continue. Like continue yeah so you know i i did my run there and i really really learned quite a lot about um you know just opportunities right. um you know privilege things like that um, right. you know I, I don't know that there's anybody in inside of rikers island that hasn't had their own experience in relationship to trauma so um you know it's 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 certainly shifted my in a backhanded crazy way it's almost a prerequisite of why and how they wind up there it's true, right? Like, yeah. you know, there is this sort of, you know, systematic thing that happens where people experience trauma or they don't get education yep. or they don't have access to things. And, and as you well know, once you get deeper and peel back the onion, if you will, there's so many extenuating circumstances, good, bad, ugly, and all of the above. But, but sometimes, oh, my God, if it only was... Yes. I had a blue shirt on that day instead of an orange one or something crazy like that. Continue, yeah. continue. Yeah, so you know, I, I did that whole that whole run. Um and when I and then I went to Sri Lanka for a few months, um, which was, you know, again, these the people that I was seeing off first of all, often didn't speak English. So, you know, getting through I was not allowed to provide treatment, um, because right. you know, it's provide treatment through someone who doesn't who has a language barrier um but a lot of what i did with in sri lanka was just working with the national institute of mental health to try to model some of our systems in america but you had some strong you had some strong input to the said in those version on the clinicians but the said yeah. clinicians or whatever i mean you had input to, 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 right Right. So, you know, they had the the initiative and they had taken clinicians from like sort of all over the world. Um, right. And then there was a ton of volunteers, really young people volunteering and just kind of supporting right. the infrastructure there. Right. So like, you know, inside of their hospitals, inside of their, you know, again, we're talking about a very impoverished country. So, um, you know, they don't have things even like walls in a lot of their units for psychiatric hospitals. And that's like that's that. definitely jumping into the seriousness pool that that's something that you wanted to aspire to. So, I mean, you got that. That's a great thing to have in your repertoire, obviously, yeah. obviously within the circle that you yeah. and continue. Then the series of events you went to from. Yeah. So then I came home and I was like, wow, that's been a, a rough <laughs> a few oh, years. I took a little deep breath. Yeah. Yeah. I had to take a breather, right? I just finished yeah. my, my second yeah. master's degree. I quit my long-term career. I worked a lot, a lot squeezed in to a short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, I was in a third world country for, you know, several months living there, you know, um, and my accommodations were, you know, as as 
limited as and we all remember and we all remember stipends or grants or whatever yeah. that's that factors in too like hey, what do i have to eat tonight yes. go, ahead. go ahead absolutely continue so continue. yeah I, I came home and i was like huh what's next yeah right. Ah, maybe i'll sell out no i didn't sell out but i did started working for a private practice actually uh when i first came home i spent a year working um at a program in New York City called um, an ACT program. And what that is, is I worked with um, people who had been committed, convicted of a nonviolent felony. Okay. Uh, so it, again, sort of a pilot program, it was right. called the Nathaniel ACT team, where they had conceptualized like, okay, hey, here's this subset of people, New Yorkers, right? People in right. New York who had been arrested right. for something. I mean, usually it was related to like low level drugs, things like that. Um, Nonviolent felony is like, again, what happens if we didn't put them in jail? What happens if we let them stay out, but they had kind of constant vigilance and constant support? Like, would this change recidivism? Would it change like whether right. someone that's in jail? And, you know, they found out the more support we give people, the less likely they're to be back in jail. So I did that for about a year. I'd run around New York City and meeting all sorts of people out in their actual lives, uh, helping them get situated with like, you know, clothes, food, shelter, all the things that we need in life, substance treatment. Um, so I did that for about a year. And then yep. that's when I moved to private practice and sold out a bit. Um, I was like, you know, I think the New York City winters where I'm like trying to find my clients and I'm hopping on the subway and it's a snowstorm. And, you know, a lot of my clients were homeless um, without homes. So, you know, the elements more than anything, all of it. down. All, all of it, all of it. I mean, obviously the physical elements, and the, but the emotional too. I mean, no, no matter how much we're conditioned in whatever we do, if you're a human being, that 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 wears on you. It wears on you to see that consistently. Of course, yeah. continue, continue. Yeah, yeah. So when I came back, so then I I I had actually moved. I was a longtime New Yorker. I grew up in Jersey, dirty Jersey. Represent. Nice. Right. Um, I had moved to New York City when I was 18 um, and I did all my education there. So I, you know, I got two degrees from NYU and got two degrees from um, John Jay. And now I was like in my late thirties and I was just kind of ready to take a little bit of a breather from New York City. Um, so I moved in, in with my boyfriend, now husband. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, when I moved to New Jersey, it was just getting a little rough. So I found myself a private practice to work for. Um, and you know, I had a huge, like at the time when I made that decision to go from all this like advocacy, right. right. I'm really in social justice arena. Uh, you know, when I, I made the jump to private practice, I really, I did feel like I was selling out, you know? Um, and now what I much more appreciate, um, is people need all sorts of help for all sorts of reasons in all sorts of spaces. It, it, go, it goes beyond A to Z. It goes beyond A to Z. Continue. So, continue. Yeah. So um, I started working in a private practice and um, I in Montclair, New Jersey, and I that's when we were in person still. Right. This is before we knew that virtual anything could exist. Right. right. You and I right. wouldn't be talking on a, right. on a podcast, seeing each other through the Internet, um, you know, in 2019, 2018. So I worked, um, you know, I started working at a private practice, just like what you think of as a therapist, right? right. I had a couch, they had a couch. I wore yeah. cardigans. Lots of, steno, <laughs> lots of steno pads and pens. I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> There's probably like a live, laugh, love poster yeah, right, on my right, wall. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, 
so yeah, so I did that and, and I really started to connect to different types of people. Right. Um, primarily in that particular clinic, I worked very heavily with the, the you know, the gay community. Right. Um, and, um, yeah, so I, I did that for a few years and then, uh, I'm in the middle of COVID. I did the thing that many people did. I kind of mass exited to the yep. mass exodus. Yep. Um, so I left where I had been living in New Jersey was right next to New York City. I actually moved about an hour and a half outside of the city now, which is where I currently reside. And I bought, uh, I, I call it a farm. I think if you were actually a farmer, you'd come to my house and be like, there's not an animal here. This is just a large lawn. <laughs> but I moved from my like postage stamp of an apartment in New York City then to Montclair where I had there, there is a different once you once you make the yeah. exodus like you say if you lived like 15 miles out of the city hey yes. you live out in the you live in the farm I, 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 and I like I do look at my house and I'm like look at this farmland yep. but I live on three acres um of land God bless and you. God bless you. yeah I have uh, now I have two dogs I used to only have one um and I Joe he's getting older and he's my little puppy soulmate right and I joke that I bought him a puppy retirement home. Right. So he can my my dog now made two dogs. You know, they get to have the run of the rant the they land. Can, they got some room to roam. They got some room to roam. That's awesome. Uh, That's awesome. So you know I I shifted to you know a much more rural setting. And when the world reopened again after COVID, I struggled quite a lot with you know really adapting a virtual presence. Um, and yep. just feeling like I really should go back to old, you know, the world is reopened. We get a chance to be in the same room again. I should do that. And I really sh didn't want to. And shockingly, neither did my clients. So, um, you know, when I reopened right. and I was like, hey, I can go back to the office now. Only about 15% of my clients actually wanted to return to the office. Most yep. of them had adjusted to the virtual yep. platform. Um, and it really allowed me space to notice that like there, you know, some people want to have traditional therapy. They want to sit in a room. They have privacy issues, right? It's their self-care. There's lots of good reasons for people to want to do things. Really in person, really right. Yeah. But on the flip side, the beautiful part about doing it, you know, virtually is I do have, you know, clients that, you know, maybe, especially cause I see a lot of, you know, LGBT clients. Right. Where they live, they might not even have access to like a, Correct. a therapist. Correct. And then as your outreach gets it, which is awesome. What, right. what, if, what if it's Australia? It's kind of, it's like, right. well, I'll be there in 17 hours. You know, I mean, right. I mean, it, but it, it's it, a lot of good things from a very bad situation and all of that. But a lot of good things came out of yeah. it backhandedly that might be quite innovative moving forward. Exactly. Le lessons learned type of thing. Wink, 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 wink. Yeah. <laughs> continue, continue, continue. Yeah. So that's kind of where I am now. And, um, you know, so a few months ago, I actually took, I was, I was kind of had a toe in each pool. I had my own practice that I opened about two years ago, yep. but I was still working for my, my old practice. Um, yep. cause I had a, <laughs> probably some codependency issues. I was like, but you're my clients and I love you. I don't want to lose you. Exactly. Um, you know, if we had a long-standing relationships, but about two, three months ago, I took the leap, and um, you know, I transferred my clients from my old practice to right. who was very, you know, good at their jobs, uh, good at their job, 
and I open, I just exclusively have my own practice. Now I work for myself and um, my practice is currently full. So I was able to, you know, awesome. people that left, I, I filled in new people. Um, and now I am in the process of writing a book, which has been bananas um, on a lot of the things that I preach, right? So I, I talk to all sorts of people um, and I notice, I, I do see a lot of men, um, which is uncommon. Most men don't come to therapy. It's the percentage is way lower. Right. But um, I noticed that men have very different issues than women, typically speaking. Like, obviously, this is a grand stereotype and overgeneralizing it for the moment. But if you can bear with that. Um, and, you know, especially for women, I think there is like when I give them. I'm sorry, you're going to hear my cat in the background right now. He's trying to steal food. <laughs> He's in his little container. Um, when I talk to women, there is such an air of like, I'm failing, right. That comes out that I, I you know, I tell the story. I was on a, per, a personal retreat a few months ago in October in Bali. And there was a very eclectic group of women. Some of them were lawyers. Some of them were mothers. There was me. I was a therapist. We had an ER nurse and like across the board, the women just generally didn't think they were doing good enough right they were just like oh but i have a career which means i'm not a good mom oh i have i'm a mom which means i'm a useless person as as a career lady right like there was always just an air of not doing enough isn't that isn't that so much to the point of old conditioning and Absolutely. mindsets that unfortunately even covid but backhandedly a little bit covid to your earlier point about uh, what's the adage I'm looking for? Oh, habits are hard to break and people aren't going to just jump right in. And now we have to kind of think about doing things this way and all of that. So it's like, it's almost like a, a car that's not like firing on all eight or something like that, really. But those old conditionings, my men, men are just as guilty, <laughs> but, the women, but, the, but the women for sure. Yeah. Those old mindsets continue, continue. <laughs> The, you know, what I've noticed about like men versus women is like the women, their self-talk yep. is really poor where men, you know, they have a deep, like they have a tough time, like naming a feeling, for instance, right? If I ask a woman what the, she's feeling, she can probably tap into, I'm disappointed, I'm angry, I'm even resentful, maybe. Men have a really tough time that I've noticed, like just saying what they feel. They can be like, yeah, that pissed me off. But I'm like, we do. Okay, no, we do. I mean, we we right. do. We do. We know yeah. what we know what it is. But then it's like, well, what's it called? Well, you see me. It's really like we have a really hard time with it. Go continue. You know, so I love. I I really love working with men, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I I have tattoos, right? I curse in session. Um, I I have usually pretty good rapport. Uh, with the dudes. Well, I'm sure um, when you, I'm sorry, I'm sure when you were an investigator and who cares about proportion, that's not what I'm talking about, but I'm sure you dealt with a few men. Yeah, <laughs> right. Okay. Continue, 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 continue. Yeah. So, you know, as I've been doing, you know, more traditional therapy, um, I've just noticed that there's certain things that I say to women particularly right. that they'll like, feel like it's like, I'll just be like, you know, you have to be nice right. to yourself. Like, right. Absolutely. yourself Absolutely. and they'll cry right they're like they don't even notice it so um you know kind of my new pivot um in the last like year or so is really just speaking to women particularly about how to build self-love how to find empowerment to get Correct. out of these more traditional 
mindsets. I need to be married by the time I'm 30 and have a kid by the time I'm 40. Like if you want to get married when you're 30 and you want to have a kid when you're 40 or by the time you're, all of those things are fine, but there's no preset formula on how it is that you're supposed to live your life, you know, and, and that should not be a radical sentence, but it is right. People struggle with it that. Really, it really so is much. It really right? is. They think dreams expire, right? I was talking to someone not that long ago and they were talking about wanting to be a baker, right? That they were this high functioning executive, but really their passion was like owning a bakery. Right. And this person was not, you know, they're probably in their forties. And I was like, well, what's stopping you from opening a bakery? And it's like, but I can't, right? Like, oh, but I've invested so much, but I'm too old. And I was thinking, you know, like this person, you know, there's a stat there. I, I can't, the name is, escapes me right now, but there was a famous book written or article. This guy was a um, priest. He was some sort of clergyman and he did the last rites. He spent a lot of his career doing the last rites. Right. So his, for years, this man spent, you know, talk, talking to people in their last final moments. And he had written this whole thing about how, um, you know, the, the biggest regret of the dying is doing things for other people. Right. Is that we get to the end of our lives and we're like, damn it. Oh, if I had only opened that bakery, right. My life would have been so much happier because I would have had little grandbabies maybe, and I would make making sourdough right. bread. Right. And you know, that to me is just tragic, right. It's just trying to influence as many people as I can influence that, you know, you do get to pick what you want to do with this life. You do get to change your mind, right? We, we right. have lived experience. I, look, I was a private investigator. I was a damn successful private investigator. Oh, I'll bet you were. Right? And I mean, but, that, I mean that complimentary. I'll bet you were. I'll bet you were. Continue. No, Continue. But I didn't want to do that, right? right. And it, right. I could have spent my whole life on that path. And the only thing that was different between that lifestyle that I could have taken and the one that I currently have is I just allowed myself the ability to take steps back because I didn't even look at it as taking steps back. Exactly. Right? In that story, I had to go back to school, start completely over and work for free, right? But I did it because it's just, that's that's what I, that's the path. That was the step that leads me to where I currently am that, today. That was the process. That was the process. That was, yeah, that was so, you know, when I give these talks or when I like, whether I'm working one-on-one -on -one with a client in therapy or, you know, I offer classes and I do these uh, more public arenas, you know, now I'm reading my book. I have a decent social media presence. Um, I have a newsletter that I write. It's all sort of echoing the idea that like you, you do get to pick what you want to do in your life, right? You don't like your relationship. You can change it. If you don't like where you live, you can move. Exactly. Right. We talk a lot about heart, brain, heart, brain coherence. And like, mm -hmm. the, I, you always use the, because I love Tom Patty, you always use, listen to your heart, it'll tell you what to, but it's so true. It's so right. true. And what is, you know, what is happiness? Not to knock a great successful career, and you obviously had one and all of that. That's not what it's all about, Alfie, if you're not truly, if there's something missing. And when yes. you're almost trying to convince yourself that there isn't something missing yes that that's when there's something going on that's when you should start to really listen and take that gamble if it's a baker or a butcher the candlestick maker oh, that's right and exactly. how and how bad and, and i mean it takes some gumption and courage and all that for sure and finances and all of that not to minimize all of that Absolutely. but you can you can always be right back to where you were Yes. and shrug it all off and go, well, I guess that one didn't work out. I mean, that's like, 
the worst thing that can happen, right? Pretty much. Pretty yes, much. and that's a really perfect point. Thank you for addressing it. Oh, no problem. That is yeah. what I typically, you know, when I say someone like, but you have the power, you can empower yourself to change your life, right? right? They will then go into, but what about my kids? Or what about my finances? Or what about, and you know, my answer to that is like, we have to get creative, right? It doesn't, it, it doesn't, and flexible, right? right? So creativity, flexibility, and patience, if you allow these three things into your life, right. you're going to find an answer, Correct. right? I don't believe in manifestation in, in the way that it's like, but I want to become a millionaire and poof, it shall happen. Yeah, you know. right? Like, and who needs that anyway? Right. I, I, agree. I agree. I agree. It's like, okay, let's look at what it is that you're craving. Right. And it's like, okay, well, um, you know, I really want to travel. Okay. Well, I'm very fortunate. I travel the world. I prioritize that. I make all sorts of sacrifices to, to put that as something that I need in Absolutely. my life. Absolutely. Not everybody may have that opportunity, but it's like, okay, so you want to see something new, right? Is there a new park in your town, right? Could you try a new restaurant? Do you want to buy Seriously. to be these like the, the next town, the next town over? Maybe, 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 maybe. Right? Dip your little toes in. Get, yeah. you know, get right. familiar with the idea of moving outside right. of your comfort zone. Right. And the more you start to do that, the more the world opens. So you know, true. I I say this to to people all the time because, you know, sort of a pet peeve of mine is when people will tell me how lucky I am that I travel. And, you know, what I often will say in, in sort of my public speaking, my speaking engagements is like, actually, I'm not lucky. This is the fact that I travel the world has 100% nothing to do with luck. It's how I'm organizing my life, right? If you took, if you took 365 a year, as in days, well, how, how many days do you think you're off the cuff? I'm not trying to put you on the spot. How many do you mm -hmm. think you're traveling? Obviously, based on the engagements to do so, but I'll bet you travel a couple hundred days, hundred days. Ooh, I'm like, ooh, how am I? That's a great question. No one's ever asked me that before. Well, you I know, I put you on the spot, but let's say would, let's say it's more than five. It's more than five. I would say I'd say hundred days. Yeah, yeah I okay, mean, great. well, I mean, a hundred. When you put it in that perspective, Mister and Mrs. John Q. Public, myself, or whatever, that's a hundred days out of three sixty-five. Yeah, exactly. Continue, continue. You know? continue. But yeah, you know, I, I've I've made choices, right? I live in a more modest home. I've lived an hour and a half outside of the city. I take less days off so that you know I can take a week off and it not. To be able to accommodate what you love doing and be able to do it that way, for sure. Right. For sure. What do I have to do? I have to get creative. I have to get flexible, and I have to be patient, right? That doesn't mean I have an idea and I'm like, okay, now I'm off to Bali, right? Wouldn't that, plan, nice? Wouldn't that be I, nice if it was that easy? Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> you, might right? even be, you might even be able to sneak in a little bit more vacation time while you're there on business. I tease a little bit. Go ahead. Absolutely. Continue. So, you know what I, when I want? I want that to be an inspirational anecdote for people because, you know, we get in our own way more than actually the limitations that we nobody have. takes us out quicker than than ourselves nobody that takes ourselves out of anything we talk ourselves in and out of stuff so often that nobody's out the worst critic or whatever than than ourselves on ourselves that's it yeah right so you know more often than not if i'm really like pulling something out of someone and it's like oh you want to do this correct what's the limitation here right we can get decently flexible on the limitation yeah it, it, it's like, all right, you're not hopping the next train, you know, flight to Australia. Nice. But for instance, if you want, let's start small, right? Let's get creative. Let's build confidence. And that, that, that applies to everything, whether we're trying to change, like how much we travel in our lives, right. making time for 
hobbies, the relationships that we keep, right? Like what's making you happy? Right. What's stressing you out? Right. How can we invest in the things that are making you happy, whether it's time or boundaries or just saying no to other things so you can create the space for the things right. you like? There's always a solution. Absolutely. It just, we have to, if we're coming from a really anxious space, right? Like, but I need to do this or I can't do that. Clarity does not happen, right? Correct. When we slow down, we really get curious at ourselves, like, okay, well, why are you in the relationship that's making you unhappy? Well, I'm scared of loneliness. That's right. a fair thing to be scared of, right. right? Maybe right now we just need to build your support systems. Maybe right. we need to connect you to different communities, right. right? How can we look at your real life right now and start to make small changes right. so that you are just getting more opportunities to do what you like? That's, right? something, that's something else that through conditioning, sometimes the majority of us, we have a propensity to go to the extreme worst of whatever it is that's going on. Oh my God, this is, and, and, and listen, it can be, as you well know, it can, it, it can be, but we yeah. have that propensity sometimes. Oh my God, this, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to lose my job or I'm, you know, you, you, you're putting that, well, let's talk about it like you do. Obviously, well, let's talk about it. Why would you say that? Is your bot yeah. a jerk? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Yes. But, but I mean, hey, maybe he is. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he is. I don't work there. But you know what I'm saying. And sometimes you can put that propensity like, I'm really in trouble. Or, you know, and maybe you're not really in trouble. Maybe yeah. you just got yourself in a bad vortex. Yes, absolutely. Continue. Continue. Yeah. So that, you know, so, you know, now where I'm at in sort of my career, my public speaking, is I do one-on-one -on -one therapy, right? And I work a lot with people who are overcoming their limiting beliefs. And in when I get when I get to be a therapist, it's you know obviously it's much more intimate. We we can actually pull out specific thoughts. Sure. You know when I'm more generically talking, whether it's like guests on a podcast or my public speaking events, it's you know I have to speak in a more generic context. Um, but this has been kind of my life mission now. Um, and I just had sort of a, when I was in Bali in October on this retreat, I just sort of had this like come to all a moment where it was like, wow, you know, I can't believe how few people subscribe to the idea that their lives can be happier if they just tried. So, isn't it amazing? I mean, I'm a lay person in that equation, but isn't it amazing how many people just have that opinion? It, yes. And, and, and more, third, more, third, more third of yourself, because it's amazing to me as a lay person. So continue, yeah. continue, continue. So, I mean, you know, that's, I've kind of shifted the whole way in which I'm working. Um, right. And, um, you know, my, my end goal is to eventually stop being a therapist and not doing the one-on-one -on -one work that I used to do right. and get to open up the message to a much broader audience, um, which is just, you know, again, like you got to love yourself Absolutely. and you got to empower yourself. Like you are actually in charge of your own life. And you that can't, you can't personify that if you don't feel it and emanate it. You can't Absolutely. personify it. Continue. Right. Yeah. And that does not mean that you have, you know, there's so much space between having a really like, the most common thing people say to me is that they feel stuck, right? That's like a common thing that people will express. I bet you hear that term a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll right. Bet. Yeah. There's so much room between being stuck and being irresponsible. You know, my message isn't just like burn your life down and, 
you know, don't worry about bills or forget your kids or your partner has to, it's just, how can you make a happier life? Like inside of what's already existing, right? right? Right. What, what needs to be shifted? And sometimes that looks like extreme shifts, right? In my own personal life, in order for me to live the life that is, you know, is my legacy talking to people traveling the world. Like it, I, moved, it gets, it gets, right? it gets tough after we all need maybe 27 hours in a 24 hour day sometimes. Right. Well, no matter what yeah. we do, it does, it's a balance. It's, in, yeah, it's a balance. Exactly. So, you know, I moved, I moved, right. That was a huge shift for me. That's a I, huge that's a huge I step. changed my entire work life from yep. quitting. That's a a huge life, step. Yeah. You know, and then also just trying on a few hats, right? Is it right for me to move, live, work at Rikers permanently? No. Is it right for me to combat the elements and have to take care of people on the streets? Like, not for me. It's a great, right? it's a great analogy, too. It's almost like shopping for hats, really. It takes a while. It takes, yes. it does take a while to shuffle it all out. And then, yeah. and then the normal repercussions after anything. Geez, I did spend all this time and I'm doing the right thing, right? That enters in a little bit, too. While you're trying on a few hats, so it's exactly. it's normal. Continue. Continue. Just if we take the the hat metaphor, even you know, let's run, let's get let's get buck wild with it. It's like you know, you might try on a fedora, and that's really cute when you're having a right. night out of the vineyards, right. but it's right. right from the opera, right? Right. So it's like we do we do change what we like, what fits, based on you know where we currently are now. We are allowed to change, you know. 10 years ago, I could have never lived in, I would have been miserable in the home that I live in right now. Right. Right. I needed to be in the city. I needed to be connected to that energy. You've grown. You've, you've grown. You've I've evolved. Grown. Right. I'm a different person at age soon to be 42 than I was at 32. I'm right. sure that'll be different at 52 and 62 and 72. And I hope I lived to hundred. And at that part of your chronology, you obviously predominantly had lived in the former environment. It, yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to break that, you know, it's totally. hard. You don't so, just do it overnight. Like when you say, well, okay, now here I am, Bali or whatever, here I am or where you reside now or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a, that's another good point of um, people getting, you know, of the fear of what about my college, my kids' college tuition, blah, 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 blah. They had to have started someplace back when they were starting the college fund or getting the, you know, subservient job that we all did to get to the career job or what, there was a starting point for everything. Right. And if they, sometimes you forget that. Sometimes you forget that. So, yeah. So it's all the human equations are quite an interesting thing, isn't it? So, you know, I'm biased. I'm the stuff. I I love to, I love, even when, so I own a bar, uh, my, my husband and I own a bar and there is a, it's on 7th Avenue in Christopher Street. Oh my goodness. You guys definitely hear opinions from all sides of the proverbial fence. Continue. Continue. So one of my, it it got rated, our particular bar um, had an interview in, uh, it was like Time Out New York or something like this a few years ago, but we got listed as one of the best corners in New York City to people watch. That's something to be said right right there. Oh my God. And it is still, uh, when that article came out, I was like, oh my heart, this is so why I'm connected to this place. I love this place, this bar so much. And I still currently, like if I'm there, I sit on the streets of New York City and I just love watching people, right? Like, Isn't it amazing? Especially, and God bless New York City, but especially in New York City, if you come on Yes, in the the heart of the village. Come on now, that's awesome. All walks of life. That's, a built-in, that's a built-in movie every single night. 
so good, right? It's like yeah. you had like the little gym rats and then yeah. a drag yeah. queen yeah. and then yeah. <laughs> all sorts of walks of life. You could but, write you know, a that, book about that. I, you know, I have thought about it. You could write a book about that. Speaking of another book, how close is close or where? Oh, no. Yeah, we're no you're close. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> I right now, um, you it know, so time. my it does, it takes yeah. time, right? So, um, also just quickly to, to anybody who's listening who potentially wants to write a book, holy crap, I didn't know that the b writing of the book is oh. actually like almost the least amount of effort that you put in. It's it's building social media platforms and you know, all that publicity and things like that, Correct. which Correct. I'm not very familiar with. That's not my, Correct. Um, Correct. that's not my wheelhouse. So um, luckily I've, you know, I have a team of, this my philosophy for life, always hire someone smarter than you. Oh, I, oh my goodness. They, they, they've said to me, you should write a book. And I'm saying, are you kidding? I can barely remember yesterday. But I mean, if I ever did, obviously I would highly recommend it. Get the help that, get the help that you need, especially if I ever do do that. But continue, continue, continue. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I have a book, I have a book, my book proposal is, a uh, hope to be set to, uh, be submitted very soon. Um, but you know, and part of the reason I tell people that I'm writing a book, um, is not because I want them to buy it because it, that's years away, but it's more, again, you know, back to the philosophy of it's, you're never too old to do something right. Realistically, right. by the time that my book comes out, I'll be in my mid forties. There are so many writers out there who would let even like I think that I'm a spring chicken. I was like fucking 45 years old. I, I got this. I'm I'm not even halfway through. But oh, there's God, so no. it really you're not you're not. And you know if if everything go not to get too sidetracked, but if everything yeah. goes the right way with the advancements in medicine and foodstuffs and all of that, the new 90. I really think my, my mother-in-law, God bless her, just, just crossed the century mark this past Tuesday. And I think that is, you know, if everything goes according to Hoyle, of course, okay. I, I think that's going to be, I, I really do. I think that's going to be the new norm. So you guys have been forewarned. You're not going to get rid of me that quick. I'm around the hunt <laughs> for a couple more days. Continue, continue on. Is it, see, like, you know, and so the reason I tell people so, so, advocate for it so much is right. just that right yep. my my coach i have a i have a book coach and she's been somewhat of a life coach yep. for a while yep. i also have a therapist but yep. this particular person yep. um, always tells me but time's gonna pass anyway so yep. you may as well spend it doing things you love yep. and that has been a really powerful advice to me like whether my book actually gets published whether a human being on the face of the planet reads it or not right the process of writing a book for me and pushing this message is really important too. You know, I always say legacy, like what's your personal legacy? And the reason I use the word legacy is because it's more just than like, what do you do, right? right. If when I leave this world, what do I want people to remember me by? Exactly. And I want people to be remember me by saying like, you know, she tried, she tried to motivate people to live how their great, best life. How great, of a, how great of a headstone is that? Really? Right? Seriously? Seriously? You know? Seriously. And, and maybe it means I'll write a bestseller or maybe it means I've touched, I don't know, three people that follow me on Instagram. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be for the right reasons. And if it's not meant to be, it's meant for the right reasons because it may lead you to something else. There's, you never yeah. say never. Who knows what's next? Who knows? You might write 10 books. You might write 10 books. You might you know, write if, 10 books. If you plucked me out a year ago today you wouldn't right? even you wouldn't have even guessed that you were gonna write a book right and i wouldn't guess that i would be doing this with you right okay. it's just like my life pivots right and 
one idea springs another idea and it leads to really unexpected places. Right. And what I want to leave people with is just like embrace the change, right? It doesn't have to be exactly. like we are adaptable and we're all going to experience things in our lives that are hard mm -hmm. to deal with, right? Like no one escapes human suffering. We all have those experiences. Welcome, we to, welcome to our club. <laughs> That's it, right? It's part of our human experience. Yeah, absolutely. We have, we have mourning, we have disappointment, we have hardships. Absolutely. But, you know, I, I don't subscribe to the, like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger just because I feel like that's very minimizing. But, you know, the truth is we do heal from hardships and we do adapt to change. Look, we as a planet, we experienced a global pandemic. Correct. And yet we got through it. Some of us didn't. And that's heartbreaking. It right? is. It is. But I lost a sibling to COVID. It is. It is. And I lost, I'm so sorry to hear that. Right. It's it's. It was a tragic event, and I, I, I you know, it, you had a collective trauma, right? I'm a yep. trauma therapist by yep. definition, yep. Yep. and there's no way that we can't conceptualize like a pandemic. Like our, my children and children's children will be talking about this oh, for, forever. Forever. forever, right? Forever. But at the same time, as a planet, we had to find a way to adapt, right? And that, to me, is the power of resilience. Right. And it's like, you know, I don't want anyone to have to suffer a trauma to learn strength. I wish Correct. that we could learn various other ways. But it is like COVID as a as a as an experience that we all did get through. It does show that, like, you know, things change. Like, we have to be able to handle the unexpected. You really do. So much that that is not in our side of our control. Right. You and I could not individually control the stop of a pandemic, but we did control it in so much as we can decide, you know, our personal choices. Really? Right. And the other thing is that it's it's definitely at a precipice, but it doesn't the world. It, but it doesn't have to be fear, yeah. gloom and doom. Yes. You have to be vigilant and aware, but it can be a precipice it, because it's inverted right now, for sure. I mean, for sure. But for it sure. can be reverted and it can be very positive for both the planet and the populace and our legacies those of that are going to be behind and having to deal with lots of yeah. stuff moving yeah. forward so yeah the human equation we got to definitely more universally get back to that and it's people like yourself. Thank you. Thank you for what you do. Number one. Thank you for what you do. Same to you. And not to rush you by any means, but be, because I want you to leave us with a little thought-provoking thought. I think it's good to hear everybody's different perspective on you know how they see things and moving forward. But is there anything else that we should include in the show today that maybe we overlooked, or you want to make sure that you highlight? Yes. Your website, you know, for sure. Your website and your social media, for sure. Go ahead. Yes. my So on a logistical note, yep. uh, my my website, my social media. So my handles are pretty much a note from your therapist, right? So a note from your therapist, all one phrase. My website follows that that brand. It's a, a note from your website. A note from your therapist.com. Um, I have a weekly newsletter. I don't try to sell anything ever. Um, although I am selling a class, so I bet that's a bit of an asterisk there. Typically I don't sell anything. It's just about perspectives. I, you know, I thank you for doing this. I, I think the more we all talk, right? Like open up conversations Agreed. about our, lives, our challenges. We're all trying to help 
people heal. We're all trying to help. And that's the type of intuitive. That's why I love PodMatch so much so far anyway. I have nothing but good. And it really helps. And again, as we both know, is everybody going to match up? And and it's it's nothing personal. And there's nothing personal. There's nothing personal in that. One quick, not to break your thought, one of my guests had a funny joke about it. She goes, it's kind of like, and of course it's not a dating service, but it was a funny, but she said it was, it's kind of like the dating service for host to guest and guest to host. And it kind of is. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the old, the old game show. Now, that's on number four. Come around the corner or what? Whatever, I kid a little bit, but I broke your train of thought a little bit. Finish up on us, and, and make sure make sure you do finish up with all of your credentials. I kind of interrupted you, Ted. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my my handle is a note from your therapist. My yeah. website is a note from your therapist.com. I have a weekly newsletter that I just try to like sprinkle some like anecdotal, like hey, here's a story from a client or myself or my lived experience, and then I do try to have practical like mental health advice. Because, you know, not everybody, I wish every, the mental health industry, and I won't get on my, I'm going to hop on my soapbox and hop right back off. We don't have enough time to talk on that one. There's very limited access to mental health treatment. So the more people that can kind of just join conversations, um, which is what I'm hoping to provide for my platforms. Right. Um, I'm also running a class, um, which is on June 7th. Um, it's 33 bucks. I'm trying to keep it really accessible. And it's for people that are really trying to figure out who they want to be in this world. Um, and it's going to kind of walk them through how to get through some limiting thoughts. But yeah, so lastly, you know, on a final note here, like what can someone do right now to sort of build their self-confidence, build their, you know, start to to challenge limiting thoughts. When I say this to people, they often roll their eyes and they're like, seriously, that's her freaking advice. Like, give me a break. But it's really to like start to incorporate mantras and affirmations. And the reason I really highlight that is because it it gets someone more comfortable with saying nice things to themselves. Ultimately, we want to we want to combat all of their limiting thoughts and really rewrite them for empowering ones and passionate ones. But if someone can just kind of wake up while they're brushing their teeth and be able to just say something like, I'm trying the best I can. It actually, you know, and I won't, I for another table for another time of why this is important. Correct. So you'll just have to trust me that how our brains work, the more we think something, the more it becomes automatic. So if we can intentionally start to think nicer things about ourselves, it actually does change our brain chemistry, right? So um, I always like to leave with that. Like if, if someone is struggling with their self-confidence and something actionable that they could do immediately without having to pay a dollar, without having to sign up for a thing, without having to have a therapist. It just started to start to say nice things to you. That's such a beautiful note. And it played right to the method of the madness of this old man. I trapped you in. You have to come back and expand. Upon <laughs> you have to come back and expand upon all of that. I tease, I tease a little bit, but I do want you to come back open invite. It's such a deep subject. And anything that we can do along the way as you do your events or what have you, keep me posted on that. And I'll certainly broadcast it because I do my shows daily and so Love forth it. and that's again that's what we're all in this to help each other so Absolutely. i'm gonna say bye-bye for today i'm gonna say bye-bye to, to our audience and everybody that's here daily invited ubiquitous again please continue to pay it forward because these many intuitive groups over and above my income factions over at the business shows at the other shows and, and all of that that has a place and we'll talk about that there but we're looking for over and above 
what we do for livelihoods, but why we do it and what we're looking for to spread the overall message as it does allow the body to heal itself and the body can and will do that with a lot of help, but with a lot of good help nutritionally and practitioners such as Allison. And I'm going to live dangerously, Allison Jibo. Oh my God, it was so good. Ding, was- ding, 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 ding. I'm going to quit while I'm on my head. I'll see everybody tomorrow. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye for now. And may God bless. Peace, everybody. Hang on just a second, Allison. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you Thank again. you, everyone. Thanks.